Welcome to another edition of the Dementia Care Partner Talk Show. Now, here's dementia care expert Tifa Snow and your host, Greg Phelps. Hello and welcome to the Positive Approach to Care Dementia Care Partners podcast series brought to you in part by Truelta, extending the length of time that seniors age in place by building skills to help families manage care at home. I'm your host, Greg Phelps, and joining me as usual is Tipa Snow. And Tipa, we recently did a program on temperature regulation. Mm -hmm. However, um, I think I focused on persons living with dementia who are hot, often to the point of dehydration, but we had this from one of our podcast listeners. And she says, my question is about the opposite or persons who are cold. Didn't even cross my mind. Uh, will you be addressing it, this at, at another time? Well, here's another time. Yeah. So what the podcast listener is referring to is classically, now this is typically mid to late dementia. This is not something we often see early in dementia, although we can with certain dementias like Lewy body dementia or vascular dementia because they have um, autoregulation. It's called autoregulation. And it's a system within the core of the brain that regulates core temperature. And it has control over a lot of things, including blood flow into the periphery. So what happens is as people lose their um, subcutaneous fat, their padding under their skin, on their extremities, what starts to happen is the blood vessels are closer to the surface. And without that fat pad, without that covering, that protective covering, um, what can happen is what, what do you have your room temperature set at, Greg? I'm just curious. Um, well, I'm trying to get my AC down to 72 because I'm in the hot cycle at the moment. Yeah, 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 exactly. So let's say it's even 74. Okay. What's your core temperature in your body? What, I mean, in your Canada, so you'd probably do it in Celsius, but. Well, I, I still remember the 98 point something degree. 98.6. There 98. you go. 98.6. So, 98.6. So if I say it's 98.6 and the outside temperature is only 74, mm. if my brain is damaged, what is it trying to, what's it registering then? Probably Ooh. feeling cold. Yeah. I'm feeling cold because the blood vessels and the skin, everything is saying, wow, it's only, wow, it's, let's see, 20 four degrees, 24 degrees colder. So my brain goes, I need a layer. I need covering because I'm freezing. And in fact, my brain goes, well, if you're freezing and it's really cold, I need to protect the core of the body. So what I'm going to do is constrict all the blood vessels in your extremities, in your hands, in your feet, up to your knees, up to your elbows. I'm gonna make those colder so we can keep the blood flow heated that you need to stay heated in the core of you. So in fact, when you touch my hands and my feet, guess what you'll feel? Actually cold, yeah. They're cold, my hands and my feet are cold. Now, because my hands and my feet are cold, guess what I want? You want to warm yourself up somehow. I want to warm myself up. Unfortunately, if I'm in the middle of the disease or even further along, I might think, okay, I need another layer. But where's the cold? Where is the constriction in, in blood flow at? 
yeah, the extremities, right? Yeah. Extremities. And so when I put another layer on another shirt, another sweater, another pair of pants, you're still another, not addressing your hands and your, I'm feet. not addressing it. And so my hands are continuing to register cold. And in fact, my fingertips might still feel cold. Unfortunately, I'm overheating in the core, but my system is broken to an extent that it doesn't go, hello, just expand the flow all the way out to the hands. And so that doesn't happen. I may be dripping sweat on my head and face. I may be pulling sweat in my armpits. And yet, you still might be no, yeah. no, it's still cold. So what does, so now that I've laid the puzzle out for you, what comes to mind that we could do that might be helpful? Oh, well, I, I wouldn't even know where to begin on this one because I'm not going to put you in mittens and I'm not going to put you in booties. So that's really not going to work. And so I'm going to give you hot soup or I'm going to give you coffee. Uh -huh. Is that actually helping your body or am I sort of causing another problem with that? No, you got it. So what I want to do is this is where we might warm rice socks or bean socks in the microwave, where we might offer someone a warmed cup or our warmed hands. Because what happens is when we provide warmth, to the hands and the feet, the blood vessels go, oh, oh, good. So you're warm and they start to relax. When they start to relax, the blood starts to flow more openly in those areas. And as the blood flows, that blood is warm because it's been running around in the core. And so guess what it literally helps you do? Warm. Is it going to last? No. But do we want to think about episodically offering things that are warm, things that can be held, can be manipulated, things that you can put on the feet, around the feet? Now, do we have to watch? Do we want a heating pad that gets real warm? Mm, there's dangers, yeah. There is risk. Yeah. So you do want to be thoughtful. So I should be checking out everything, laying it on me for a period of time, and thinking, okay, is this okay or not? This is where you warm a towel in the, in the dryer and then you bring it out and you lay it across my feet. And I might be, oh yeah. And you can watch me actually relax because it's, it's giving me that peripheral circulation. So it won't be maintained. We would be using sort of the same cautions we, we would with perhaps an infant. Yes. how we check temperatures and make sure that we're doing all of those safety things. Yeah, and infants are actually safer than an older adult who has advanced state dementia because they have that fat layer. Yeah, baby fat. Yeah. Baby fat, yeah, mm -hmm. and, and elders don't. And so we do have to be incredibly cautious about anything that's warm. So we want to think warm, not hot. So we don't want hot stuff on people. We want warmed things, things that are maybe, you know, like a few degrees, certainly some degrees above the room temperature. So they'll feel warm. So it's partly intuitive, but then as a rational person yourself, it seems almost counterintuitive because you're in somebody's home and the temperature's cranked up and they're wearing three sweaters and you're sweating and they're still cold. So it, it does seem a little... So guess what you may be able to do after you warm their hands and their feet? Well, you might be able to cool the place down a bit. Or get the sweater off because mm -hmm. now they're not cold. 
And so that idea of recognizing whatever's happening in their brain, I wish it were different. It isn't. How do I work with what is? Um, and rather than trying to strip somebody out of something, they're hot. You know they're hot. They need to come out of it. The problem is they don't realize that. So, I mean, you can certainly dampen the clothing and water obviously transmits heat outward. I mean, if you wanted to wet somebody down, but I hope you're ready for a, what do they call that? Mad as a wet. <laughs> Mad as a wet hen, isn't it? Hen, yeah, because <laughs> hens don't like it when you wet them down because their down feathers get, bleh. and so you got to be prepared for that anger kind of thing. So there we, we go. We know that heat can be dangerous. Uh, it, it has serious and almost immediate consequences if it's not dealt with. Yes. Is the cold a little less risky or should you be sort of paying as much attention to it as you would the cold? Good question, Greg. It is less risky, but is more annoying for the person who's living with dementia. So the risk comes that they don't want to do things. They don't want to move out. They don't want to use their hands. They don't want to use their, their feet. And so they start trying to curl up and hide. And what that means is we lose abilities if we're not using abilities. But if everything I touch, I feel like my hands are cold all the time, then I don't want to use my hands. And what I might do is clasp things or close my hands up more. And then that risk of developing something that's called contractures, closed hands that can't open, um, could go up because I'm so cold that I'm curling up. Um, it can also affect posture and fall risk. Tipa, is there somewhere we, we can go to uh, get more information from you on this? Hmm. Probably our late state care videos and information is the best place to look. You know, it's a topic that if our listener hadn't brought it up, I wouldn't have talked about it. I know this stuff, but, you know, just like many things, what I know, I don't necessarily say unless someone asks me a question. So, you know, this may be one of the few places where you could actually hear us talk openly about it as much as I would like to say, oh, I think we got it other places. Other things, I'm not sure. So I'll be honest. I don't know, Greg. <laughs> You've done one or two videos and one or two talk shows. So I, I don't expect you to remember each and every topic. Yeah, well, I do know that we do have a, a resource and we also have people. And so if you're still interested and you can't find what you're looking for, call us or, or email us or, or chat us online because we are certainly open to answering and figuring things out with you. Tifa, thank you very much. Thank you, Greg. And remember, if you're a family care partner looking for more PAC videos, as well as other fantastic training resources, call your local area agency on aging and ask for Truelta. Our friends at Truelta offer a learning platform specifically for family care partners, and it's often included in resources from your local county or state government in the U.S. You can find more information at www.truelta.com. That's T-R-U-A-L-T-A.com. And yes, podcast listeners around the globe can also Google truelta.com. Join us again next time.